Welcome back, everybody, to the SUP Podcast. It's your host, Bryce. This is Mason. And Andy. We brought him back from the dead. He came back. Yep, I was dead. Now I'm alive. Deal with it. We almost got away with uh, keeping him away, Hazard. <laughs> yeah, that was our secret undercover plan, you know? <laughs> weed him out, weed him yeah. out. Knew that chem engineer, eventually, he would just crack to pressure of homework and school projects and all that good stuff yeah I'd, I'd like to say i'm nice and well rested but i played seven broom ball games this weekend so i'm a little burnt out yo broom ball you guys play on like a hockey rink then uh so it's a little smaller than a hockey rink but it's base it's it's ice it's basically a hockey rink gotcha gotcha i was talking to a couple of people they were thinking about doing broom ball matches uh for one of our uh event nights yeah, once once you get good at moving on the ice, it's a ton of fun. Oh, I bet. I bet. So, um, Andy, you've been gone for the last, I guess it's been two weeks since we last talked to you, so catch us up. What's new? What's exciting? New and exciting? Not really sure. Well, so last week, um, I had a big week. My research group was hosting a company that was looking and investing in our technology, as well as our research partners from UW-Madison. Unfortunately, we got about two feet of snow last week, and so the company couldn't make it up, but I still got to meet the team from UW-Madison for the first time, so that was a ton of fun. Um, Got a couple free meals out of it as well, so that was good, but of course that meant I was super busy. Um, Other than that, not a whole lot, playing a lot of broom ball, playing a lot of basketball, just hanging in there, trying to make it through the week. That's exciting. Um, out of curiosity, without giving too many details, what uh, what essentially is your product? Like, what, what technology are you guys developing? Yeah, so my project is to take municipal solid waste and extract the plastic resins from it so we can recycle the plastic resins, and then we sell or process the remaining biogenic material into ethanol to make sustainable aviation fuel. That's really cool because um, a lot of the labs over here and by our campus um, focus on like the uh, bioaccumulation of like small plastics and stuff in like freshwater ecosystems, um, especially in the Mississippi. Um, And like just seeing where that all traces and finding ways on how to detect it and like prevent it from uh getting into the you know uh, getting into our bodies eventually i remember this summer watching a presentation on how like over the course of our lifetime we'll consume about two full garbage cans of plastic or something like that um like the ones that you bring out to the curb and the, the, the garbage people pick up Yeah, that's a crazy stat. And that's definitely like one side of the research that I'd love to learn more about. Um, But obviously, that's not my project. I'm mostly responsible for like, figuring out how we can actually extract the plastic and do it in a lab scale. And then the rest of my team is responsible for scaling up the process to make, I think, I think we're supposed to get through like 24 kilograms an hour of material, which is a pretty good size, a pretty good pilot size. It's kind of funny that that's the first kind of thing that popped up of this podcast. I was working with some people on my biophys 
uh, assignment in the library the other day. Um, for those of you that don't know, that's biophysical chemistry. It's basically um, physical chemistry in the biology realm. Uh, so a little bit easier than taking an actual physical chemistry tech class. Uh, we brush over a lot of the concepts, but um, I mentioned that I'd plug thermodynamics in this uh, in this talk somewhere, and um, I'm I'm assuming that probably correlates with you know reducing and generating that ethanol for aviation fuel fuel. If not, you know, in that later step of actually burning the aviation fuel. <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, yes. But why you gotta do me like that, Bryce? I hated thermo. <laughs> uh, dude, everybody hates thermodynamics. I. I texted Gabby the other day and I was like, guess who's also going through thermodynamics? Oh her her and I had so many talks about how much we hated that class. I thought I was gonna be done right after Gen Chem, but Nope. Anyways, Hazart, we probably just spoke a bunch of mumble jumble. You probably picked up on ethanol and aviation and that was probably <laughs> I was just gonna long. say Yeah, I was <laughs> just gonna say, like there's a lot of words that I like to think I'm a smart person, but that is definitely not my realm. So, um, yeah, I was keeping up with what I could. What was it last week? You were talking about the, um, homework difference of our majors yes. and now <laughs> we're jumping right into the heat of really nerdy science talk. So sorry about that. <laughs> no, that I, I respect that. Um, it's good for you guys to talk about that. And I was going to say in regards to the homework, I did have two 10 point quizzes this weekend. So, oh, oh. Brutal, brutal workload. Yeah. Oh, they're really piling it on down there, huh? <laughs> they are. Yeah. I mean, that's that's about as much as that goes on in the typical business administration economics world that we live in, at least from a school perspective. I mean, I, I find you find more use actually going out and doing it yourself than learning about it in a classroom. Of course, you got to like learn about what you're going to do and like how the market and all that works but ultimately practical application is how you get the most out of that kind of setting at least in my experience so yeah that's why that's why i love the labs we have up here because basically the labs we have are like a small pilot size plant that we get to run and operate like we would an actual plant yeah that is really cool i mean if you're into that stuff so it sounds like you're not mason <laughs> <laughs> i think we made it clear that i am not I mean, I don't think it's not cool. I think it is really cool. It's just I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not inclined to it, and that's totally okay. Yeah, I also got to touch on the fact that the campus here also does a really good job with their lab setting and making it um, pretty hands-on and like not like commercial, like not like a commercial space, but more of that research atmosphere that you would see in a graduate setting. Um, the under undergraduate program here is pretty, pretty elaborate and. Um, the things that we get to work with are pretty independent. So it's almost like running our own full project minus a big grant funding for writing. Usually the PI will do that. But but anyways, what's new in your department, Mason? I mean, you said you have the two quizzes. Anything else exciting this week? Yeah, with me, um, I said those two quizzes. Um, the big thing for me was, I don't think I've shared it yet on the podcast, but I ever since coming into college, uh, so going on four years now, I've really um, gradually learned and really adapted the practice of buying and selling sports cards as a sort of hobby that has helped me like 
make money and as well as enjoy, you know, sports and prospective stuff like that. So it was a big buying week for me this week. Um, that's how I spent a lot of my free time just researching what I wanted to buy and what is going to be worth making profit in the coming months. Um, just looking forward to that. So that's what's kept me busy. Communa point, baby. <laughs> that's right. Yep. Communa point sports cards. Is that still the, still the brand? That is still the brand. Um, I'm going to shamelessly plug. You can follow me on Instagram. I just restarted my card account there. Not too active on it, but I have that there as well as my eBay account that I have. If you guys do buy sports cards, if anybody's out there. So yeah, commuter point sports cards. I never understood how that like economy worked. I like, I, I used to look at C and see values of like different Pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh cards um, when I was younger, but I never like understood how that market worked. It kind of goes the same way with just like vintage and collectible things, like how they, they just increase in value based on rarity. I mean, in those settings, I just don't know how it works for trading cards in a sense. And I, when, when you started it back in high school, I was like, wow, this is kind of cool that I actually have somebody I can like stalk in a sense and figure out why things are. <laughs> and then you made the TikTok page where you were like, explaining basically the value of each card or like news in the card realm and i, I thought that was really cool yeah uh, i want to call it like basic market economics the idea it's easier with sports cards like the example that i'll give recently was joe burrow um like toward november or october november like in the middle of the season his card prices are typically stable but then once you get toward the end of the year, December, and then the playoffs come and the hype comes around it, that's when people start to want to buy more. Um, and of course, when the prices are high, that's when you want to be selling. Um, now that they've been eliminated from the playoffs, they're starting to come back down to earth because people don't think about Joe Burrow as much. Um, so kind of prospecting which athletes are going to get attention. Not every athlete gets attention, you know, like football is mainly quarterbacks. Um, but yeah, what you alluded to is like the type of cards that people want nowadays, they make print runs where they'll make like different color variations and each color variation will only be a certain like serial number. So like if it's out of 10, that means only 10 of these cards in this color or variation have been printed. Um, and so that's why like typically those kind of cards go for a lot, a lot, a lot of money. Um, as well as like the one of ones, of course it's the only one ever made so you got different different stuff like that that you got to evaluate and spending the most time spending more and more time practicing and learning from it with experience is only gonna like anything make you better at it over time you know what market is just like absolutely crazy and i can't wrap my head around but it's so lucrative it's the shoe market like people go out and buy these new shoes that like nobody can get and they sell them for like three times the price it's crazy i don't get yes. it yes the the well it's a they'll call it like supply and demand when they come out with a new shoe there's only a certain amount that comes out and everybody wants it really quick and then when they sell out the people that don't have the shoe but desperately want it um are going to pay a lot more for it and that's where a lot of the flippers can buy it up quick with no intention of keeping it just because they know they can sell it right oh, away oh yeah it's I, kind of the same aspect yeah I, I understand how they do it i don't understand like why it's a thing 
Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't oh, get why people yeah. want the shoes that badly. Yeah, because a lot of times people buying those kind of shoes aren't wearing them anyways, you know? It's like, they don't want to get them dirty. It's just to have them. Right, exactly. And I don't know. Like, I kind of find the same thing with cards. Like, I enjoy, like, cards that are older or, like, shorter print. Just to say, like, oh, I'm one of, like, ten people, five people in the world that has one of these. But, like, with shoes... I don't know. I just not gravitated towards shoes. So I, I kind of relate with you. That's what you're talking about. I used to be big in shoes, but now I just buy a pair every year because that's about as long as my all-in-one shoes last me because <laughs> I don't buy another pair of shoes. Yep. So, Sounds like me. Uh, this week for me, I uh, had played a bunch of volleyball um, and I just started up intramurals. So like after this tonight, I got to play fours volleyball. So it should be exciting. Nice. I love volleyball, mm. dude. It's so much fun. I was going to ask um, anybody that was like going to be home for the summer if they wanted to do a bar league or something, just play volleyball. <laughs> I mean, how I early so in the fun. summer? Well, I mean, we could start probably in May, but next week I have my first interview for graduate school. Ooh, so Fancy. I, uh, Let's go. I don't know where I'll be this summer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, would you? you I'm hoping I'm you home. You wouldn't start in the summer, though, would you? So I have a graduate interview at the University of Iowa next week, and then two or three weeks from now, I'm going to be flying out to Pittsburgh for an interview over there. And I think wow. Pittsburgh's program starts in the summer, but Iowa starts in the fall. I could be wrong, but I'd, I'd have to double check on that. Interesting. Yeah, which, I mean, the earlier we start, theoretically, the earlier I get out. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but I don't know. I'm just kind of just waiting i'm not letting it like build up on me and trying to take it slow so that it doesn't like overwhelm me when i start to you know just put all things at once and then realize i can't go anywhere farther because i don't know if i got accepted i don't know you know what i mean yeah right what do you got in store for us today bryce so i got a couple different topics um we'll see if we hit them all but um i have our first one I want to talk to you guys about is um, we talked about chat GPT last week. Um, I'm assuming you know what that is, Andy. I have heard of it, yes. Okay, I'm going to do a little catch up on that. Um, and then otherwise, I was going to talk about some unexpected things flowing, or f not flowing, flying in the United States um, airspace, if you guys know what I'm alluding to. Yes. And then um, I wanted to touch up on some love movies, like good rom-coms. And this is um, an inspiration from the fact that I watched a really horrible rom-com um, the other day. And I just wanted to get your guys' takes on them. And then um, I also toss in the sup word of the week, sup phrase of the week at this point, because they're all been phrases. Um, and then... I generated some superlatives to kind of just draw some reactions from you guys and see what, how you guys would feel about it. So Sounds let's good. roll. All right. So last week we talked about chat GPT, right? Um, and so essentially what it is, just going to reiterate it. Um, basically it's an open AI um, that you can go on the internet and basically it's supposed to simulate real life human responses. Um, so you can ask it a question can do math, basic mathematical functions um and so last week some of my friends and i we like really dug into it 
um, realize that there are some ethical boundaries and like morality boundaries that the AI stops on. Um, we were really testing on like trying to see if it had a consciousness in a sense if that makes sense. So we were testing like questions that would you would have to weigh out as a human, but the AI responded with basically saying that it can't do that because that's how it's designed. So the end is not near um, with AIs taking over the world, if anybody was wondering. Um, but crew on Thursday night, we played a game um, to start off uh, the meeting, which usually happens. It's kind of like a icebreaker game gets people gets the blood flowing and um, ready for just what they have in store. And um, they generated worship songs using chat GPT. And we had to distinguish between jet chat GPT versions and the human versions of worship songs. And how do you guys think that went? It's an interesting concept. So you're saying that I just want to get this straight. So mm -hmm. you said that the AI generated worship songs. Yep. So what they did is typed chat GPT interface, um, just saying generate worship songs. Um, and so they generated worship songs and they gave us uh, the first verse and then the chorus. And then they also took first verses and choruses from actual human written worship songs. And then they put up on the slide one, one set at a time. And we had to distinguish if it was AI or human made. I'm, I'm going to... Oh uh, yeah, I'm gonna guess it went pretty well because I'm gonna guess you had some people that are really into praise and worship music, and it's like if you have those people who are really into it and know the lyrics really well, it's easy to tell when they're not right. I agree. I mean, because you've been around worship music, you realize that like a lot of them sound pretty similar, and the lyrics kind of what Andy was saying. Like you could tell when a human writes it versus potentially when an AI writes it. Um, for a number of different factors, but I, I'm more just saying like they know the songs already, so they like you talk about the humans, yeah, right? They know the human songs yeah. already because they've heard them, and so like you you don't need to try and distinguish because you already know the song, you already know which one is real, right? Yeah, that's a good synopsis. The results of our crew actually were that I think it was probably either split even on. Um, because they did like majority people voting um, in the room. And uh, so there were people that there might have been like a couple people that got every single one right. But majority, I think it was probably about 50 50 on the majority getting it right. Interesting. Um, whether it was AR or human. And um, if you get them generated, they are really, really, really tough to pick out. I mean, and like you said, Andy. Uh, like really hardcore people that like love uh, to listen to worship music all the time. Like for me, you know, I haven't been listening to worship music for long at all. So it was like basically me throwing needle in a haystack and just kind of jumping for it. Um, yeah, no, it was, it was crazy. And I just thought it put into perspective just kind of how, how smart the AI is. Um, and I, you guys would have had to been there to kind of like judge it for yourselves, but I thought it was, I thought it was pretty smart and pretty interesting yeah i mean i can i can definitely see but i mean maybe to maybe to use a similar circumstance like if you if you told the ai to write an eagles song and you gave me the two lyrics well like i i know the eagles really well so i'd get the right song all the time but if you don't have someone who listens to that band or that type of music all the time 
then yeah, it's going to be really tough to tell because it's a really good imitation. That's a good, that's a really good, yeah, that's a really good actually analogy to that. So I kind of want to like revert back and reverse back to our conversation about thermodynamics. I know it's already PTSD, but um, this kind of leads me into the sup word of the week that I picked for this or phrase of the week. Um, and I, you guys might need to dust off some, some of that dust that might be on your brains for this one. But uh, this one goes back to freshman year at high school, not, not of college. And the phrase goes as such, directly unproportional. <laughs> <laughs> I love that phrase. Yeah, this was, uh, this is probably hands down one of the best phrases ever um especially quoted by our valedictorian can we not can we not like forget that either yes the genius himself yep that's clearly the the highest level of output that we can produce here at our at our school wasn't it in his dad's (laughs) class too or was it in someone else's class i don't believe it was his dad's class that would have been great i think it was um physical science class oh yep physical science the definition for this is a term believed to be the exact opposite of the term directly proportional, according to Doug in 2015, a term so iconic in its nature that it was written at the top of the whiteboard in the classroom to display its elegance among anyone that witnessed it. And here's the conversation that unfolded. Teacher said, Douglas, what do you think the opposite of directly proportional would be? Douglas, um... Directly unproportional? <laughs> Teacher hmm. shakes head, laughs to himself, and slowly writes the phrase, directly unproportional. Doug, 11.37 a.m. on the whiteboard. <laughs> uh, that was the best. That was the good part about it, where he actually, like, put the exact time on the whiteboard as if it was, like, um, a, his- a historical event, like, something to be recorded like that. That was that was a nice touch. That was a great class. I, I, I miss those. I miss those days in physical chemi- or physical science where it was just super easy to understand everything and yeah in case in case you guys out there forgot how stupid high school freshmen are this dude was the smartest of the high school freshmen <laughs> <laughs> that's right yeah and i mean does anybody know the actual opposite term for directly proportional inversely proportional yep i i was wondering if hazart was going to chime in on that at all I'm not. I don't want to make myself look like a fool. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole yeah. point why we're talking about this. Yeah, it's a, it's a, definitely a term used in our trade. That's for sure. I don't think even in mathematics, it's not really used. I mean, it does apply to mathematics, but like, I don't know of many situations where you'd have to use it. It's not used much in calculus. No, it's yeah, it's literally just kind of like if you're relating. It's more like, like a stats thing. Yeah, maybe stats, or I usually think of like PV equals NRT. Oh, no. What constants are (laughs) uh, related to each other. So, um, yeah. But anyways, um, definitely one of my favorite memories. I think one of the biggest things in the world is these imaginary boundaries of both land, water, and space like airspace um and just recently the u.s um discovered some what is believed to be invading territory uh there was a balloon spotted i don't remember where it was i 
spotted, but um, there was a, a balloon spotted in air, like the U.S. airspace, and President Biden issued an order to shoot it down. Um, do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I've been aware of this. Yeah, so sounds like it was China. Um, and then I just saw today that there was one that was sent in Central America, too. It's kind of a scary thing to think about. Yeah, I mean, so it's kind of interesting to me that it took us so long to figure out it was over the United States. Like, we mm-hmm. we tend to have airspace locked down pretty tightly. And I, if I remember correctly, they, they first saw it in, like, Colorado or something like that. It's it's a ways inland. Like, you're flying over some major cities to get there. How did, how did we not? And mountain ranges. Right. How, how did we not see it with, like, radar or anything like that? Unless it came from, like, low Earth orbit and just descended. But that seems weird, too. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, you never really hear of, like, a balloon these days. <laughs> like, I thought that was weird, too. Like, a balloon. It's a little interesting. But Yeah, and they the weirdest part is, like, I think the Chinese government were trying to play it off. Like, it was a weather balloon, and they were trying to get weather um, data from, like, the United States or something like that. Like. That doesn't make any sense. Why would you need to know? Even if that is the case, I still don't think that's excusable to just send a balloon into a foreign country like that, that you're hostile with in many regards. Yeah, no. I mean, like, we also, the past, I want to say even, it's still like randomly buzzing in the news is the fact that there's been random UFO sightings or like in quotes, in air quotes, like UFO sightings around um, like... I think it's U.S. Navy, like the U.S. Navy picks them up on their ships, um, and like there was a big de- declassification stuff that went on a few months ago. I want to say maybe it was about a year ago already, but it definitely feels like there's something that's building up in this world. Can we back up just a quick sec? Because if if it looked enough like a weather balloon, then like radar people and other people within the U.S. government wouldn't have really questioned it because those get sent up all the time all over the world. And people actually make hobbies of going and chasing after these weather balloons once they crash back down to Earth. So I can understand why someone wouldn't have, like, sounded the alarm right away on it. Just want to take that back. Yeah, no, that <laughs> that that does make sense. Um, I wanted to – I did want to pitch that in there as a detail. Um, but, like, I don't know. They sent a – I'm pretty sure they sent like an actual jet to shoot it down too, but um, I guess I don't know how else you would shoot it down, anyways. But yeah, bring out the bow and arrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think it's just with the war that's going on right now between Russia and um, Ukraine, right? That's still that's past a year now. I want to say yeah, almost a year, mm-hmm. um, and it doesn't seem to be slowing down at all. And then the constant war in the Middle East. I mean, that's been going on forever. But like, I I, I go and I go to prep for these podcasts, and I like type in like see what's going on in the world. It's like my one excuse to check to see what the worldly news is. And it was like there's, it just seems like war is at the front of the news again. I'm not a hundred percent sure if this is always going on or if this is just like me being like a absent member of the world society in a sense um i don't know i think it's just a little ominous that the chinese are sending 
balloons to not only America, but Central America, too. Yeah, it's really interesting. And so this this is a little bit of a tangent, but um, it it seems really ominous to me that they are sending supposedly spy balloons to the Americas because I was in an American foreign policy class last year when the war in Ukraine broke out. And my professor was someone who had spent 30 years in Washington as a foreign policy, like helping develop the foreign policy and things like that. And he seemed very convinced that the United States stance in Ukraine would dictate what China tried to do with Taiwan, which is really interesting. And this kind of makes me think that there might be a little escalation coming on that front. Kind of very ironic that you were in that class at the time that that came out. I, I know the craziest thing in the world. He's like, well, normally we talk about a lot of different subjects, but because this is happening, we kind of have to just, you know, we've got a real life case study in front of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, isn't that something? Yeah, I mean, speaking on that irony thing, I'm just gonna shift a little bit off the Chinese topic. But uh, when the COVID pandemic broke out, I um was I was really getting into listening to podcasts and one of my favorite podcasts to listen to is a science-based podcast and they did a episode I think it was two or three months before COVID like blew up about what it would be like if the world went into a pandemic wow and I thought it was the craziest thing I mean it was over dramatized on like what it actually ended up being it was simulating like a way more lethal and infectious like variant of or like a strand of virus it was kind of like weird to see that connection happen like in that small time scale it wasn't like a virus based podcast it was it they do things from like talking about i'm trying to think off the top of my head like the stuff in milk when a mother's breastfeeding to like what makes up an apple to like how does the injustices of like the healthcare systems and stuff like that. So like really a range of topics. I mean, I gave two examples of food and then one that was, I just can't think off the top of my head right now. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was an odd coincidence. So maybe this is it. Maybe we got world war three on our shoulders. Gosh, I hope not. It was a balloon balloon that kicked it off. <laughs> the popped balloon heard around the world. <laughs> just add it to the list of, things around the world heard around the world i should say <laughs> yeah all right i'm gonna dive into my my superlatives um because i did take a good amount of time today i think like 20 minutes developing them it was just like i mean it's been something i've been thinking about since i pitched the idea i'm really excited to share with this with you guys yeah are you guys ready for this no i'm just Wondering what to expect. Yeah, you're you're building okay. this up quite a bit, Bryce. I do, I feel like I'm gonna get let down. All right, so you guys have all seen Eternals, right? No. You have not seen Eternals. No, I haven't. I make a habit of not no. seeing movies that people tell me are terrible, but I know some of the characters. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh man. And I must admit, I was gonna bring this up when we were talking about the movies. It was going to be a controversial take, but not really a take because it's just a fact. I've never seen a Marvel movie. Really? 
Not one. You have to, you have to get on this. All right. <laughs> All right. Anyways, for you guys to understand what I'm going through, I'm going to give even the podcast listeners just a little bit of time here. I need you guys to pull up the a picture of the Eternals. However, you guys can do that. Um, it should be just a picture. I think it's like seven people. Uh, yeah, got it. Yep. You guys got them? It's like 10 people in my picture. <clears throat> uh, should be like eight. I think there's eight of them total, but if you have more than that, that's fine. Um, okay. So... I'm going to start with, I, I wrote a little blurb here. So Marvel has shifted its tone since the first three phases of their movies, uh, becoming more humorous and lighthearted, providing a lot of room for criticisms, or as we like to make of it, superlatives, or my actual theorized takes on the importance of the characters and the casting decisions. This kind of dives into your guys' knowledge of a little bit on the characters themselves, the actors that play them. But... Um, so Icarus, he's kind of like the main dude of uh, the Eternals. He is played by Richard Madden. Um, so I don't know what picture you guys have, but the picture I have up, he's wearing a blue suit. Um, let's see here. How else can I describe him? He's got short hair. Yeah, he's kind of like the center figure in most of these pictures I'm seeing. Yeah, I think I located him. Okay. So Icarus, um, I have him as likely to be the cinematic heartthrob after the death of Captain America and Tony Stark before Hugh Jackman become, comes back into the series. So that's I think that's the real reason why this man is um, actually in this movie, not for the purpose of the playing the portrayal. I think they probably could have picked different actors and actresses for the, or actors for this role um, that made of not made him so much more like a superman figure rather than an eternal figure um, i've never read the comics before so maybe this is an accurate portrayal but i think it's just set up so that they have people have something to drool over now that they killed off the people that you drooled over before. yeah you don't you don't think Anyways. sebastian stan was cutting it mm -mm. nope he's he's actually getting older now isn't he yeah i think so i mean still a good looking dude obviously but he's getting older i mean richard madden I mean, he seems like he's probably about like Kit Harrington's age, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah he's, probably he's a little bit older, but it's. I think he's got enough of an appeal for the female, so they're captivating the fe female audience. All right, next person, Thena, played by a Angelina Jolie. So if you know who Angelina Jolie is, she should be pretty easy to recognize in the. the picture. She's just been. Is there anything she hasn't been in? <laughs> Well, that's what, that's it. I said, likely to amplify the character by having the voice of Tigress from a more successful franchise, Kung Fu Panda. Can we, can we low-key address how great Kung Fu Panda is? That movie specifically that you picked out for the voice. Respect. I respect that. I mean, how do you make a character epic in a, what is going to be a failing movie? You have to have somebody that's awesome in it, and Tigress... I mean, she's pretty <laughs> awesome. Like, yeah, either that or you could you could get like Jackie Chan. Yeah, 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 exactly. Okay, um, so this one kind of dives into Marvel a little bit more. Um, but Gilgamesh, played by Don Lee, so he has in the picture I'm looking at, he's 
He's got like a brownish tint suit. Um, there are some pictures I see that don't, yeah, brownish. This one's a little bit, maybe like a green yellow color. Okay. Uh, yeah, most of these are looking like they're brown. But anyways, I said likely to be Wong's more serious figure in order to balance out the comedic mistakes of the series. I was gonna so, say he looks um, a lot like Wong. Yeah. So basically, Wong for you, Hazart, and those that don't know the Marvel is. He is the, he's like the high, I forgot his title, High Sorcerer Wizard. Sorcerer Supreme. Think. High, Sorcerer Supreme. Um, so basically he be, takes over the job that Doctor Strange should have had, but Doctor Strange is kind of like not suited for the role. He also didn't exist. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> that that occurred. Um, but Wong is... Like looks almost exactly like him, but they made him like a really comedic figure, and I think most people know him as a comedic figure rather than like his like awesomeness. So I think this was just a way of <laughs> Marvel just covering up the fact that they made a mistake before. Um, Sprite played by Liam McHugh, uh, so it's the little kid figure that's in the Eternals. So I said likely to be a replacement to classic superheroes of. So far superior movie franchises such as Shark Boy and Lava Girl, Sky High, and Spy Kids. <laughs> so that is tough. I think. I mean, if you go back to original Marvel, yes, this is a character that's in the comics. But casting decision and the portrayal—you can't tell me this person doesn't look like any. Like they wouldn't fit in the cast of La Shark Boy, Lava Girl, Sky High, or Spy Kids. Yeah, I don't like this actor actress whoever it is looks like they fit the role of the red-headed stepchild could yeah even better put her put them in archie comics and then you have a new archie anyways um so i just thought that one was pretty funny because that, that's the first thing i thought of and then the last person is kingo um and he's played by kumal kumail nad Genie, I can't pronounce his name correctly because I'm just like I'm just an ignorant person. Um, well, we knew that. I should have looked it. Up. I should have looked it up, but I, I feel really bad for butchering the name. Um, but anyways, he's the guy that plays in the movie Stuber, if you guys have seen that. But I just put he's likely put a, put there to level the comedic playing field before Deadpool 3's arrival next year. I felt like. Marvel needed to cast somebody that could match the energy of Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman when they come in Deadpool 3, once they finally merge the Deadpool series and the Wolverine um, and X-Men universe with the current universe of Marvel. So, Is that even possible, though? Um, well, Logan did die, but they've said that there's a way that they're going to make it so that Wolverine's back and he's with Deadpool and yeah because Marvel owns the rights and it's no longer a Sony thing I don't think right yeah that's correct I'm really excited for that movie by the way I think Hugh Jackman yeah, is that's... great and Ryan Reynolds is like he is such a child but it's really funny sometimes when it actually hits yeah for sure so yeah, that was all my uh, Eternals uh, superlatives. I didn't want to go through all of them because I didn't want to take up a huge amount of time. But like, those are my takes. 
So take take them as you may. Pulling um, shark boy and lava girl out of your butt. How do you even do that? <laughs> I thought this was supposed to be a serious podcast, Bryce. It is. It is serious. <laughs> Not in the name of the podcast, but it was implied. All right. Oh, implied seriousness. I see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so I only have one thing left to talk about tonight. If Hazard, if you wanted to leave, you can. Just say goodbye right now, and I'll figure out a way to oh. it. Oh, well, goodbye, guys. Thanks for having me. And, yep, uh, see, see you next week, week, Mace. Bye, Mason. Oh, thank goodness he's gone. Now we're down to two. <laughs> I think this last topic might be a little bit more in our realm, because we're... I don't know how much Hazer watches love movies, um, but... I feel like you watch a couple. I feel like you'd be a rom-com kind of yeah, guy. Yeah, so what's your favorite rom-com? It's a really good question. Um, there's a few of them that I really like. Um, but I think, honestly, and this is a little bit of a flashback, but like 10 Things I Hate About You. <laughs> That's a great movie. It's fantastic. Dude, Heath um, Ledger in that movie. Yeah, like, I, you know, it's hard to unsee him as the Joker, but like, I, I thought he, I thought it was a fantastic movie. Like it h- hits me every time. It's like I think I watched that post breakup once. Actually, my, my last breakup, I watched it, and really? I was, like that's what that's what like reminded me of like wow, love exists. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's that's a great movie. I I have to say though, um, my one of my roommates has convinced me on this. The best rom com that I've seen is. Um, the proposal with uh, oh gosh, who is it? It's like it Sandra up. Bullock and Ryan Reynolds, I think. Oh yes, I have seen this. This is uh, it's not not Ryan Reynolds though. Who? No, is it? it's uh, who is it? Who in the world? What's his name? Uh, no, it is Ryan. It Reynolds. is. You're right. It is. Yeah. 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 It's. A, oh yeah. No, I'm. Yeah. I think it, I've seen. It's this a great movie. Before. Yeah. It's. It is really good. Um, but I feel like they I feel like it's been milked a little bit though, because there's a lot of movies I feel like that kind of take the same It's it's a trope vibe, It's a trope I mean? for sure. Yeah. So I mean it's still a great fantastic movie. What uh, about the only would you I... would you consider like the Princess Bride? What 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 type of movie would you consider that to be? I'm gonna look up the genre first, but I think I don't think it's quite a lovey-dovey, like, not like a rom-com, but I would think, I don't know. Uh, what does this have it as? Uh, Princess Bride. It's, like, up in the air. Interesting. What about, um, so what about, like, Wedding Crashers, then? I haven't seen Wedding Crashers. Oh, really? That one I have not seen, yeah. Oh, I feel okay. Like that, it, is that one of those, like, funny Well, it's got, like, it's got like Vince Vaughn and ones. Owen Wilson. Okay. And, like, they... yeah. What's the synopsis of it? These two guys develop a scheme to pick up chicks at weddings. So they just go to weddings of people that they don't know and they pick up girls there. But at one point, these guys are at a wedding and one of the guys is kind of having like a a little life crisis or whatever. And he meets a girl that he actually really likes. And then there's the whole plot of like, like her figuring out what he used to do and getting mad at him and stuff like that but eventually they fall in love funny i think i i think i've heard of it but i don't think i've ever seen it um actually i'm gonna take it back so princess bride they have it as adventure family and fantasy um as like general things i i would give it more of a fantasy about 
like i guess you could have a, uh, a fantasy rom-com but like i don't know when it comes to like things being set in like a medieval era is like i i feel like that's the definition of it. it's just kind of expected to have a love i mean like think about like lord of the rings has a love story in it like game of thrones has one you know what i mean yeah yeah i know what you're saying but i just i don't see i don't see it as a fantasy movie i guess i see it as a comedy movie first honestly yeah i could see that but it is it's 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 it's, tough it's serious and dramatic in some parts too yeah that's true but i want to retract mine i'm gonna give it la la land la la land is probably my favorite i haven't Um, seen that one oh gosh dude that you have to see um I think it's yeah ryan gosling and emma stone right emma stone yeah super good movie um especially if you're into like musicals because yeah i do like musicals but i think notable mentions are like how to lose a guy in 10 days and what was the other one i was thinking of um oh the age of adeline have you seen heard of no that i haven't heard of that one um age of adeline is basically like a girl that uh, I think she gets struck by lightning and her DNA makes it so she never ages. Um, and she doesn't, she like falls in love with this guy and he doesn't like, and she like hides from him because she realized she never aids ages or something like that. And then um, he falls in, then that guy falls in love with a new girl, marries her. And then the Adeline, the one that doesn't age, she's like finally getting out to fall in love with people um at the time where her kids are like basically grandparent age and she's in her mid-30s maybe yeah um and she falls in love with this guy who ends up being the guy she originally fell in love with son oh whoa that's okay yeah that's interesting. yeah i mean that's it's a little bit of a spoiler part but you can figure out like there's a lot of cool like a little events and I, it's a really good movie so i recommend watching that okay all right i have to skedaddle though because i have volleyball tonight and i need a stretch because i've been sitting down working on math homework and studying Ugh, just been well disgusting, so. you go stretch bryce i don't want you to get hurt oh here's your life lesson today um shout out to kaylin for Wanting life lessons, stretch when you get older before you do athletic activity. Bryce, you're not even 22 yet. Calm down. It doesn't matter, dude. <laughs> I am a cripple and old. I am older than most people I play volleyball with. Let's put it that way. So, Are you actually? Yep. Isn't that weird to think about? So that was the first time up here I really felt old. I walked into one of my gen ed classes that I just need to like get me to 12 credits I was like, I'm the oldest person in here. This is not okay. Yep. That's how I feel this semester. So weird. Yeah, it's it's a it's really weird. Time flies, flies like it's insane. Mm-hmm. I'm just waiting to be that bird that hits the the side of the skyscraper building. So <laughs> just have it slow down right there. Not die, of course. I'm just saying, like, stop me in my tracks so I can actually take it all in at once. Yeah, but in a good way so all, all right. right well thanks everybody for listening um yeah tune in for next week we're getting close to the end of our pilot season we've got only a couple episodes um we're gonna be recording after this left and then stay tuned for 
you know, the great um, next couple episodes, we've started talking ideas for how we want to change things up for the next couple of episodes. So stay tuned. It's Ben Bryce and Andy, and we'll see you guys next week.